promise there. We have to be careful what we, we think on and we harbor there. Um, another one that can uh, sometimes shows can be a, a cheap substitute for 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 finding life. You know, it's like, well, uh, someone can be like, my relationships aren't that exciting, but boy, when I watch this show, boy, I, I just can put myself in their shoes and imagine what must be going on there and it can draw out imaginations and, and fantasies and things that are a substitute for, for living real life. Sometimes we can use shows as an escape from our reality. We go, man, reality is just kind of a grind sometimes and it's just nice to get away and escape into someone else's world and uh, again, can be a cheap substitute for life. I love what Jesus said when he was talking about what he brings to his people and you know, he talks about how a thief would come John 10.10, 10, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy but he said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full and there's a life that Jesus can bring and following him that is, is different than a, a fix and a, a cheap substitute and we just have to make sure we're not finding life there and I'm sure there's no one here that's a, a TV junkie. Maybe you have fallen into a show hole of some sort at some point in time but uh, we just have to make sure it's, it's not a substitute for the life that we have or, or even uh, something that causes it helps us to cope with the life that we're in. Jesus wants us to have a full life. We'll talk more about that. Um, sometimes Reality TV can be scripted. No, say it's not so. It can be coached. Sometimes it's not real at all. You know, that can be a, a downer. I was thinking about sometimes at home we would watch on Sunday nights Alaska Bush people. Anyone ever watch that? His family's living off the land and doing things. You know, as happens with every show, the reality, reality catches up to them and bites them. And found out, I think it went public, that the Alaskan Bush people just barely lived in Alaska long enough to be qualified as Alaskans. Uh, I think it was 180 days they had to live there and, and then they were doing things where communities would come together and build them a house and it sounds like the IRS is after them for some tax fraud evasion things and so, you know, if you're like me I just, oh, those guys, the Browns were such a nice family, you know um, how could this be? Some, but, you know, it's, it's just, I think it's a little bit interesting that um, reality TV can be a little bit deceptive sometimes they pretend to be what they aren't, you know, and it can be different on stage, okay, camera's rolling, and backstage something else can be going on, and we call that, in a lot of places, we call that hypocrisy. In reality TV, I just think you go, that's reality TV. The thing that I think sticks out to me a little bit is just that, um, you know, why call it reality if you know it's scripted, if you know they're faking it, why not just call it you know, fun TV or dumb TV or whatever you want to call it. Well, why call it reality when you know it's, it's not reality? And I think there's some things there that can be uh, drawbacks. Um, you know, one thing to, to just think about, a lesson to draw out of it, is that God is actually into reality. God is really into reality. And, and God sees things. You know, we don't always get to see what's going on backstage. God sees things like, this is what a person's like on stage. This is what they're like backstage. Um, God also sees this is what this person's behaving like in front of others. This is what's going on in their heart and in their mind. And, you know, in a sobering way, a couple verses just to think about. I, I put this one down, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. You know, it says, Don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time. 
um, before the Lord returns, for He'll bring out our darkest secrets to light and reveal our private motives. And then God will give to everyone what is due. And you know, there's uh, we have to sometimes we can point fingers at others. I can't believe they're like that, or I can't believe you're judging them for that. And you know, I, I think we have to watch out. Another verse here in Romans puts it like this. Um, just uh, that, that God it says they demonstrate Romans chapter two. It says they demonstrate that God's law is written on their hearts and their conscience and their thoughts either accuse them or tell them they're doing right. And Paul goes on to say, and the message I proclaim is that the day is coming when God through Christ Jesus through Christ Jesus will judge everyone's secret life. You know, there's going to be a day where you and I are put in the spotlight and it's going to be a reality show about you or me. And we're going to sit down and the Lord is going to just review the show of our life, everything that was going on on stage, everything that was going on backstage, and whether those were the same or not. Um, you know, and God's going to give us a review and it's not going to be based about was it entertaining or even they, they were, were they consistent. You know, they were terrible backstage and they're terrible in real life too. Um, but not only is it you know, real, but is it right? God's going to give everyone a review of their life, and at the end it's going to be a kind of pass or fail sort of criteria. He doesn't use those words. He uses the words righteous and unrighteous. And each one of us is going to get our show reviewed with the one who made the stage, the one who made the universe. And, and that is going to be a very real experience. And it's good for us to be thinking in advance about that. God is into reality. And God is into what occurs in the reality that He created for us and what goes on in our hearts and our minds. And we want to... We want to be thinking about that, you know. And but, anyways, you know, I'm just going to segue a little bit into uh, telling you more about our church. What is, what is our church really like here? We're just grand opening. Love to give you a taste of of who we are and who we're not, just so you you have an idea. And let's talk about the reality, of the Firehouse Church Parker. You know, I was trying to get some names. What if we were to name ourselves after a reality TV show? What would we be called? I don't know. We did think about the firehouse fixer-uppers. A, a number of us here are, are fixer-uppers. We're works in progress. Some are just, you know, little remodels. Some are, are complete rebuilds. Um, you know, we've got... God is working here. We, we're a bunch of fixer-uppers in some ways here. Um, we've got that one. Uh, another one, we, we... I was thinking about Alaska. There's another Alaska movie. Josh, you lived in Alaska for a while, right? Yeah. One of them is called, I think, Alaska, The Last Frontier. And it's just about how different it is on the last frontier. I was thinking about now that my family and I moved out to Franktown. We were thinking about Franktown, the last frontier. That would be an interesting show. Life on the range out there. Another one we don't want to be a part of is uh, Desperate Churches of Douglas County. That one, uh, we're trying not to get any interviews on that show. Um, but, you know, we do think about being real disciples of Douglas County, real followers of Jesus in Douglas County. We'd like to be a group of people that are that. And so, um, I'm going to give you a list of pros and cons about the Firehouse Church here. And some of these you might already know, um, some of these cons, and maybe some of these pros as well. Let's see here. Pros and cons. We've got, uh, 
You know, sorry some of the font might be a little small here. I hope your eyesight is good, but uh, I'll tell you what they say. If you haven't figured it out, we don't own a fancy building. We don't have a nice cafe. We don't have a, you know, um, and that could be a con. There's a lot of things you could do with a great building. Um, but at the same time, one of the pros is that you can use, we use our money primarily to invest in people. And, and with large buildings come large responsibilities like mortgages. And, you know, we're, one of our strengths is we have a lot of mobility. We could bounce around if we needed to. Um, if things went south for Christianity in America, that is not going to be as big a deal for us as it would be for others who have lots of lots of money in situations here that would be hard to get out of. If the church ever had to go underground in America, we could continue doing a lot of what we do without uh, having great losses there, you know. And so um, another thing is, if you, again, you haven't figured this out, we, are, we won't impress anyone with our show. People don't sometimes go in here and, ooh and ah, ooh, check out those black curtains. I think they're polyester. Wow, there's, you know, the, the fog machines are not up and running this morning. But, you know, sometimes when those are up and running, it's pretty cool. Just joking, we don't have fog machines, but we've had some guys that work in the construction industry that have worked on fog machines for other places, and I'm sure it's cool there. We, we don't have that. If you're looking forward to that, you might have to wait a little bit. Um, but, you know, we're we not going to impress. We're not out to impress, but we aim to, we aim to bless everyone who walks through the doors here. What you see is what you get. If you want to look backstage... There's a few more cafeteria tables back there. There's not much more there. But we're going to give you everything that we've got here. We, we don't have a professional paid band. They're not making uh, any records here or things like that. But uh, there, there are people probably a lot like you with, with jobs all week long and families and responsibilities. And then they go the extra mile to, to show up and work together to lead us into worshiping God together. And, and they give us all they've got there as well. And... Um, our teachings aren't going to be on the radio or TV. Um, that's, that's probably for sure. But we're going to teach from God's Word. And we're going to show how to apply it to your life. And you're going to be taught by pastors who might even know you personally and, and care for you spiritually in a way that you can't do in other settings here. And so that's some things we have and some things we don't have. Um, in, in our church, the Firehouse Parker location, you, you can't hide in the crowd. You're looking at the crowd, and it would be a little bit hard to hide. Now, you can keep people at arm's length, maybe, but you, you can't hide. Um, you know, there's, there's less spectators in our situation and more participants, and, which is good because Christianity is not designed to be a spectator sport. It's, it's an all-hands-on-deck is, is really the way Jesus designed that. Another thing is um, we are a place where, you know, I think of the old Cheers show. That, that's kind of like reality TV, if, if any of you are old enough to remember Cheers. But it, it's a place where everybody knows your name. You know, and we're, we're not a big church setup, but, but we have a big family fill, you know. And, um, and that's something that, that we do have, that we will offer you. Our Sunday school, we don't have a large Sunday school production. But... Um, but I bet your kids are going to love Sunday school. It's not uncommon for kids to go, that was great, mom and dad bring us back. It's, it's not uncommon for the teachers to have to kick them out of the gym and stuff here. But um, and, and they're going to learn to love Jesus more there as well. And so we have that to offer. We don't have a ton of resources, but we do have a bunch of people here who love Jesus and they're willing to give you everything they've got. They're willing to lay down their lives for you. And, and you know, probably our last claim to fame is that we have a... A really awesome God, a God who loves and forgives, a God who's gracious, a God who responds to prayer, a God who gives new life, full life, 
eternal life. And really, he's our, our claim to fame here. Um, some of you might know we have a church uh, in another location, downtown Denver here. And this is uh, the building that's on the corner of Tejon and 33rd in the Highlands neighborhood, right next door to Old Major Restaurants. If you've ever been there, it's a, it's a good restaurant. Uh, don't forget your wallet. But uh, anyways, uh, we, we've been meeting there for, I think, just over five years in that location. And really, a number of people were commuting up from the south side of town. And we thought, why don't we open up a location down south metro area here, Parker, Franktown. And that is uh, what, what we're in the process of doing. We've been brought a team together here. And, uh, but I want to tell you a little more about our name. Sometimes people show up at that location they go, well, obviously, you're the Firehouse Church because the building is an old fire station, right? And that's where we have to get back to the reality TV show. It is not an old fire station. It looks like an old fire station. We'd love to say it was. We got to renovate this building and, and design it ourselves. And we had happened to have an architect who was a deacon at the time. He's now a pastor. But he helped us make it look more like a fire station than it would have otherwise. Um, but really, the, the firehouse part of it, I want to take a, a quick look at some of the... Um, let's see here. Firehouse Church is what the name means. We were established back in 2004, so I think it's about 11 years ago. We started at the Highlands location there, and really it was an overflow of um, a number of people from Fort Collins, and we had a college ministry as a part of a church up there, but a lot of them were graduating and getting jobs, and uh, the job market was better in Denver than it was in Fort Collins, and so uh, myself and another pastor teamed up to, to launch the Firehouse Church back in 2004. In and the name The Fire, we knew some other churches and ministries that had names like O2, you know, Oxygen, and H2O, Water, and, and The Rock. And, you know, we're thinking about the air, wind, and earth, and we thought fire would be interesting, right? Um, but there's some spiritual reasons for that as well. There's some verses on fire. One of the New Testament calls God a consuming fire, and it's quoting from Exodus 34 here, which just says, God, uh, God says, you must worship no other God but only the Lord. And He's a God who's passionate about His relationship with you. He, he's a consuming fire. He's jealous. He's zealous about a relationship with you and I. And we thought it'd be great to have a church that's centered on getting to know the God who's passionate about us and responding to His love. And um, Jeremiah has this great verse here. I love Jeremiah 23, 29. But it talks about some... Some of the problems they had back then where people were just uh, pretending like they were prophets. They were saying, I had this dream, you know, let me tell you about it. And someone else said the prophets were stealing words from one another. But the Lord at one point spoke to Jeremiah and he just said, But let the one who has my words speak it faithfully. Um, for what does straw have to do with grain? And then he goes on to say, um, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. And we want to be a church that's centered around God's word and, and uh, get it in our lives and let it, um, you know, let it warm our hearts, give us a, a holy zeal for God and for others, and let it uh, burn off the dross in our lives. And we just want to have God's word fueling us as a part of our fire. Um, the house part of it, there's a few different reasons for the house. Jesus said, my house would be called a house of prayer. We thought fire and house, and we're devoted to prayer. And we believe God answers our prayers. We pray for one another, and we'd love to pray for you. If you've got anything, whether it's big or small, we'd love to engage God's grace in your life through prayer. Um, but also the house side of it, there's places where, um, you know, um, I love this verse in Timothy. Uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy and talking to him about church and how things should be. 
8, he just said, I'm writing these things to you. 1 Timothy 3, 14, 15. He says, I'm writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I'm delayed, you will know how the people must conduct themselves in the household of God, uh, which is the church of God, the living God, the, which is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. But he said, I'm, I'm writing to you how, you how you should operate in your church, in your household. Well, families occur in households. And um, he, he was giving them instructions. Later on, he talks about being brothers and sisters and relating to one another with honor and purity. And, you know, another place Jesus said this when he said, someone told him he was in a crowd and they said, hey, your mom's outside and your, your brothers and they want to get in. And he just said, he said, he looked around and he pointed to, to all those who were with him and he just said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And Jesus said those who, who are doing His Father's will are a part of His family. Now you and I, we, we can't change the families we're born into biologically. You didn't have a choice. You're stuck with a certain set of DNA and all that comes with that. But when it comes to a family who follows Jesus, you have a choice. And it's all about doing our Father's will. And Jesus said, hey, you know, I've got some biological relationships here. But you know what's really important are those who want to follow the Father with me. And we're the Firehouse. I'd love to throw in our name, the Firehouse Church Family. Um, uh, the Firehouse Family Church. You know, we're, we're all about being a family of believers together. Um, even though we're not related, there's a few people who are related here, but most of us are not. But we want to be a family of Jesus followers. Um, and, and we're also passionate about supporting families. Many people, uh, many people here in the neighborhoods that uh, we're in have families. We want to support marriages. We want to support uh, raising kids and seeking God together for wisdom and grace and everything needed to do that in this crazy world that we live in that is turning further and further away. Some have called this era the, the post-family era. And we want to support families. Uh, your families, and we want to be a family together here. And you know, one of the, uh, I think for me, one of the greatest reasons why we chose the Firehouse Church has to do with our mission. And I'm going to show you a video that I saw a number of years ago that resonated with my heart as a follower of Jesus and the, the mission that He's given us. Jesus gave His followers and He gave the church a mission. And the mission that He gave them was a rescue mission. And I think you might catch some of the heart behind that in this video here. Let's see if we can pull this technology off here. All right. And...
You know, I just remember hearing that story on the news back when I, I was first a, a pastor, probably within the first year of becoming a pastor, and I just thought about how this guy was in the process of seeing someone get rescued and even helped his buddy not get swept away, and in the end he lost his life. And it just reminded me of, of what the life is of following Jesus, that Jesus called His disciples to, to get out there and to take the good news to people and to lay down their lives. And, and back when they were first getting started, there were many of them who were losing their life for their faith and for the, the reason that they passed it on to others. And uh, it just to me, it seemed like a glimmer of the life that we've been called to as disciples of Jesus here. And um, you know, It reminded me of a, an illustration I, I think about that relates to... A water rescue where they use a rescue line. I think sometimes they have a rescue line and a sometimes called a lifeline and a throw bag and, and they work to, to rescue people who are in danger in, in water situations. Sometimes it's from a helicopter. Other times it's from the land. But one of the things they do is just the job of, of the person who's trying to help someone out is to extend the rescue line. You, you figure out what you do. To, you, you throw it in the right place or you lower it in the right place and you get it before a person who's stranded and needs help. And But then the, it's up to that person to take hold of the line. A lot of times um, they, they tie the line around themselves. They s- secure themselves to the line. Sometimes uh, uh, someone who's helping them will secure them and, and send them to safety first. And um, you know, I think has a lot of similarities to what we have to do. And then eventually, someone has to trust the line as they get secured. Sometimes they're holding on to something and, and they have to let go and put their weight into this line and depend that it's going to get them to safety until they are rescued. And it just reminds me of our role with the gospel. The good news about Jesus is the rescue line that we've been called to extend to others. Jesus told His disciples to go and preach the good news. Go proclaim the good news to everyone. And, and really the rescue line is, is the good news. And it's, um, it consists of, I think of this verse in 1 Peter 3.18, he just says that Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but He died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. And, and that's, we extend the good news about Jesus to people. And, um, you know, the essence of it really is that 
that Jesus came and He died, uh, took the punishment that we deserved. And then Jesus rose from the grave. He overcame, giving us proof that He had the authority to forgive us and power to save us. And then third part of the good news that I think about is that He says He's coming again. And He's going to give permanence to every person's situation with God. If they're found righteous, they'll be um, with Him in heaven forever. If they're found unrighteous and unforgiven, then there'll be an eternal punishment related to that as well. And our job is to get the good news out about what Jesus did for us, that He he is the rescue line. And... um, You know, in order to take hold of the line, someone often will extend that, whether it's at a church or a friend will tell us the good news, and then it's up to us to take hold of that. And we do that, Jesus said, by believing the good news. Some of you you may know John 3.16, where um, Jesus says, um, the New Living Translation puts it like this, This is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. And to... To believe the good news about Jesus is to, is to take hold of what can rescue us. It can be our lifeline. And, and really the last part of that is to believe. You can believe the good news about Jesus, but to be rescued really comes from trusting in Jesus. The good news tells us the truth about the Savior who died and He rose again and He's coming back, but, but He's alive and, and you can place your trust in Him. And uh, love these verses here that talk about that. John 1.12 just says, Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. There's a believing, and if you believe the good news about Jesus, you can receive Him and place your trust in Him as your Lord and Savior. Romans 10.9 puts it like this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. goes on to say a couple of verses later, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And just love the, the way that we're, we're given the same type of job, a rescue mission. We take the rescue line, the good news about Jesus to people. And if they believe it, and they place their trust, and he, he pulls them in safely. To um, to have eternal life and and so um, but that's we're passionate about this mission you know Jude twenty three says this rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment there's going to be a day that'll be really very real before our Creator and giving account for our lives and we want to rescue people from being found unrighteous there Jesus was punished for my sin and for yours and in exchange for to those who believe him he gives his righteousness. The only way to be found righteous before God is is to have the righteousness of Jesus because all of us would be unrighteous otherwise uh, when God plays back the video of our lives. It would be more and more obvious. But our, our mission as a church is we're passionate about reaching the world with Jesus, starting here. Really, our game plan for doing that is, is reaching the world one life at a time, one world in our lifetime. You know, I'll leave you with a closing verse here that, that I think might be a, just one of the verses that represents the heart of this church. And it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8. And this is what Paul told some he reached in the city of Thessalonica with, with the gospel. He said, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, 
but our lives as well because you had become so dear to us. And you know, we, we really want to, the whole purpose behind opening up another location of our church is that there's people that uh, live on this side of town and people that we work with and people in our neighborhoods that we thought we could better reach with the good news of Jesus by, by coming down here and loving them. Loving them so much we shared the good news, we extended the good news about what Jesus has done and we helped them some ways secure themselves to Him and His promise of eternal life. And, and then, that's just the beginning and we share life, life of following Jesus is, is not something that's just taught in a classroom. It's um, Following Jesus is a way of life that has to be passed on from life to life. And that's what we're all about. And, you know, I just want to close with inviting you to join us here as we follow Jesus together. You know, a couple different ways you can do that. One is we're just going to continue in this series here. We've got a couple weeks. We're going to look at different themes in TV and, and draw out different ways uh, verses from the Bible that might relate to that. Next week we're going to talk about things related to comedy. I think it's the number one thing on TV right now or number one or two shows relate to comedy. So we're going we're gonna to have a little fun with that next week if that's alright uh, with you guys. Um, we also want to invite you to Easter Sunday coming up in a month here in, in a neighborhood Easter egg hunt. We'd also love to just let you know we meet weekly on Wednesday nights in, in what we call life groups. It's just a gathering, uh, a smaller gathering where we can share life together. We can share prayer requests. We can share verses that we're reading from the Bible that encourage and warm our hearts and uh, we meet in Franktown and I host one of the groups at my home and um, and also sometimes we host it at the Davises there we live in the Bannockburn neighborhood and then there's one at Stroh Ranch with Drew and Bobby and they're, they're hosting one and they love to give you uh, their address if, if you'd like to check that out and if you have any questions at all um, feel free to, to call or email me I'd love to help you if you're wrestling with things or, or questions about faith I, I'd love to just tackle those with you and um, share with you what what's given me strength in my faith and um, anyways we do just invite you to join us uh, to be a part of it's not a show but maybe coming soon we'll have a show of real disciples of Douglas County love to invite you to be a part of that we're going to go ahead and close with prayer here and uh, we'll have the band do a, a last song so um, but anyways uh, if you guys would just bow your heads and um, I'm going to pray and Without, without looking up, I just want to share if maybe you're, I don't know where everyone is in their faith journey here, but maybe you've been checking out faith in Jesus, or maybe you've heard about the things that Jesus has done before. Um, I know I had heard it took me probably about 25 years before I realized I needed to be saved, that I was stranded in my sin, that there was danger of the fires of hell for my life, but... I just remember going to a church service not too different from this where the good news was shared and eventually I decided to put my trust in Jesus Christ alone to be rescued. And that was almost 20 years ago and my life was changed radically then and it's still changing. It's got to work something. But I, if you're with us this morning and maybe you've never personally placed your trust in Jesus. You might believe that the good news about Jesus is true, that that rope would be secure if you took hold of it. But this morning, I'd just like to give you an opportunity, maybe to, to tell God if, if you want to place your trust in Jesus, that you might just pray a simple prayer, something like this. Lord Jesus, please save me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again and that you're coming back and I want to invite you into my life as, as my Lord 
and my Savior. Please help me to follow you all the days of my life. Please take me to heaven when I die. I ask this in Jesus' name. And if you did that this morning, you need to know that that He has heard your prayer, that He's he's come into your life. And if um, you have any questions, we'd love to support you in following Jesus and getting to know Him better here. But um, I'm going to go ahead and close with a prayer for us all. Lord Jesus, we do just thank You for being here with us this morning. We thank You for sacrificing Your life for us. We, we thank You that, um, Lord, what You died for is worth living for. And we want to take this good news to others so they can have new life and full life and eternal life. Thank You that You've given us a family of disciples to, to follow You together. God, we just thank You for meeting us here this morning and ask You bless our, our lunch together. Bless the plans You have for this church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.